Ready. Set. Spartan Race is back for 2018, and we're accepting no excuses. Barbed wire crawls, tire drags, spear throws, and much more. Whatever your ability, you'll discover the right challenge for you. Take on our 5 to 25 kilometer events designed to push you to limits you never knew you could overcome. Complete an obstacle course race and let adventure back into your life. Are you ready to unleash your inner Spartan warrior? Visit spartanrace.uk. Toronto, proud to announce from Zurich, Men's League, Switzerland, U.S. program, Austin Matthews. The Billy Box Nylander gets an extra ship. William Nylander shoots. He scores. The coach played a hot shot. The kid has his first National Hockey League goal. Welcome back, everyone, to the Toronto Maple Leafs Tip of the Tower podcast here on tipofthetower.com. Joining me, as always, is David Morissuti and the lovely Jake J-Dog Middleton. This week, we're going to be talking about the Leafs rookie tournament that's coming up this weekend, and then we're also going to be talking about the Leafs' vacant captaincy spot. First, though, guys, how you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad, Chris. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Can't complain, you know, talking Leafs again, so it's, it's doesn't get much better than that, right? No, it does not. I've had some. Uh, I've had some pretty bad days. This goes down. This is pretty close to one of the worst, though. But uh, I'm peachy right now. Peachy, listen to you, man. Peachy, yeah. mood here. I mean, outside of the Jays looking like a Triple A team, uh, my soccer team losing, and my school university turning down a great hockey conference, uh, nothing could be better. Oh, it's a bit. That rough. doesn't sound too bad. It's been worse. Let's just. <laughs> Although I gotta admit, every time we get on the Leafs podcast now, you're complaining about the Blue Jays. I know it's a it's a trend I didn't think I would see with this team, but unfortunately, that's the way it's been going as of late. Hopefully, they can turn around, but I'll see it when I believe it. I'm pretty sure you said Hopefully it the last time, it. and it got worse. It did get worse because you said at least they can turn around. Then Boston happened, and then Tampa happened. So yeah, that got worse. Well, we're at rock bottom now, according to Gibby, so let's take that for what it's worth. On a brighter note, though, let's talk about something that you guys have both talked about recently. That's the Leafs Rookie Tournament that's coming up this weekend at uh, the Budweiser Gardens there in London, Ontario. We'll actually be in attendance for this event. Myself and Dave are going to go check it out. So keep up to date with us on Twitter. Check us out at tiptipatthetower.com. We're going to have all the updates going on up there, so you'll be able to follow all of what's happening over there. As for the tournament itself, though, Dave, you wrote a preview about a week and a half ago. Jake, you wrote five players to watch. Let's just start with guys to keep an eye on here at the tournament. Um, Jake, you want to start with maybe the list you talked about? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, some of the guys I, I talked about in my article, I mean, outside of Mitch Marner, I wrote that. that that's obviously going to be a guy that everybody's going to watch just for just for the fact that he's probably the second-best prospect on the team. But some under-the-radar guys are, are – some prospects who guys don't really pay attention to as much as Marner and Nylander and Matthews is is guys like Jeremy Bracco for the Kitchener Rangers, Andrew Nielsen, uh, Dimitro Timoshev, uh, Travis Dermott, and I'm blanking on, on the, who the last one is. Uh, did you get Andrew Nielsen? Yeah, I got that. Uh, Dimitro Timoshev? Oh, oh Andreas Johnson. Oh, yeah, Andreas yep. Johnson. Sweden, yeah. Yep. 
I mean, all of those guys except for Brocco are more than likely going to be with the Marlies this season. So should be a nice little segue into how, how good uh, people think the Marlies are going to be and the future of some of these lesser-known secondary prospects. I think the 2015 entry draft is the most represented one in this class. I mean, you got Mitch Marner, Derma, Brocco, Nielsen, Jerkel, Timoshev, DeRocher, and Korostolov. So there is a lot of – man, there's what, two, four. It's quite a bit from 2015 class. Um, do you guys kind of feel that that class is going to define this upcoming Leafs era? I mean, the whole rebuild, it's – I know Austin Matthews is front and center of this, obviously, but there's a lot of players from this class that – have some potential would you guys agree with that or no yeah i mean i think i've written in the past about about the rave reviews that i gave this 2015 class i mean i think there's as many as six players who have nhl potential and i mean if you can get six guys from any draft class to play even one game let alone let alone um just just becoming uh useful ahlers is, is incredible i mean Look at the Blackhawks and look at all the all the talent that they've pumped through their system and the guys that they've kept and how they keep reloading because they have this secondary talent throughout their throughout their minor league system. I mean, there's going to come to a time if if we think this team becomes as good as uh, as good as they can that they're going to sign for other teams and we're going to have to replace them with other guys. So you got to just keep it pumping through. But if it's possible to even get three of these guys who play. Uh, NHL careers of over like 500 games that's an incredible draft yeah I mean just to echo what you're saying I, I think this is the draft where you get the frontline guys and then like you know this you know, 2016 draft is like the, the class that will support them and the guys with the size the guys are just going to come in and you see these guys that are in the 2015 draft that's the most skilled guys and I think like the 2016 draft guys are the guys who are going to do all the dirty work they're going to be the the big support shutdown guys, especially uh, on the back end, we got like a guy like Keaton Middleton who looks like a beast on skates. So, yeah, I, I don't think you could put it any better than how Jake put it. I mean, just looking at that class, I mean, you look at it. It's Mitch Marner, obviously, is going to be an NHL player even up to this as as quick as this season. Then you got Dermot, who's definitely got an NHL potential. Uh, Bracco, Nielsen, Durkles. Uh, Timoshev, and I mean that's six right there, and we don't know enough about Jesper Lindgren or, or Steven DeRocher or Korotsalev. I mean those are the three guys that I don't think fairly exceeded expectations like those other guys, but they still have a chance to to prove themselves. I mean they were still just drafted last year. It's not like they're they're 23 or 24. They yeah. still have a lot to grow, and we'll see. Uh, We'll see if they they all can pan out. I mean, I highly doubt all of them pan out, but to get as many as possible would be nice. Off the air, Dave, you touched on a couple of the older guys in this tournament. Um, Frederick Goche, Bebo, Janssen, and Cameron Nazi are the four older guys that are playing in this. What are your expectations for them? Uh, Well, these are obviously guys that are, I would say, are kind of in their last few legs in terms of opportunities with the Leafs. And Marley's because you're going to get, as we said, all these younger guys are going to be taking positions. So it's going to be up to them to kind of show that they still have something to give in this organization. I mean, Goche was 
ever since he was drafted, there's been like this whole he's nothing but a third liner guy, and he may pan out to be just that. But at some point, he's got to make a jump at, to the NHL, and I don't know how much longer he has because you know he's already had what two pro seasons in the AHL under his belt. He's got to ha- do something at this point. I mean, Justin Hall, he was born in '92, so you know. He, at this point, you don't know what his future is going to be. Is he just going to be a career AHLer? Is he going to be an NHL guy? We just have no idea. Um, obviously, you do want guys with some veteran presence, even though the tournament's not a huge deal. It's a good chance to showcase yourselves against your peers. But when you got older guys like this, I think it's just to have them around just to kind of show the younger guys the ropes. But it's also a chance for them to prove what they still have in terms of value towards the organization because obviously a guy like Gauthier, you're not putting him in the top 10 of prospects anymore. I don't even think he ever was, but his stock has definitely dropped and this is maybe a chance to give him another another good shot, another good look for him. In a tournament like this, Jake, what kind of things are you looking for in development? If Let's say you were Sheldon Keefe and a scout or somebody in the Maple Leafs organization. What kind of things are you looking for when you watch these guys play? From this tournament? Yeah. I mean, I think it's really hard to judge this early on in, in a tournament. But, I mean, obviously you're looking for, you know, a definite improvement from last year. I mean, that's probably pretty evident if you know if a guy is going to make it or not, if, if he's regressed since his last season in his stats. I mean, you can right away mark him down and notice that. But, I mean, I think you're definitely looking at, Obviously, improved strength. You know that's something you're looking at for for players such as Brocco or Timashov or Marner who needed to gain weight, and that's one of the main reasons why they got sent back. But you want to look uh, into their game as more of like a one sided thing. Obviously, the thing that got them these guys drafted is their exceptional skill levels. I mean, so you want to see that they've developed other aspects of their game, whether it be uh their skating their defensive game or something like that the fact that they're not one-dimensional because most players that you draft that aren't top three picks or in martyr's case top five picks are gonna have one dimension that gets them drafted and they're gonna either improve or they're not gonna improve and if they don't improve they're not gonna become nhl players and if they do they will i mean so in brocco's case obviously He's dynamic offensive player, and obviously, I was I was pretty upset that he he left Boston College because I thought that was the best place for him. But uh, getting a lot of game time and playing in the OHL is is obviously the route that he took, and the Leafs wanted him to take. So I can't fault him there. But to see him develop a a game where he can kill penalties and and just just get used to playing multiple different roles outside of just being a scoring line guy was would be something that I'd watch for from Keith because Brocco might not play this season with the with the Marlies but he'll definitely be available for a playoff run barring a a really long potentially Memorial Cup run by the Kitchener Rangers which is something I just don't see okay that's more than fair Dave you look at these two goalies here you got Anton Bebo and Casimir Cascasuo are either one of these guys going to be a part of the Leafs organization in the future, or are both these guys just going to be career AHLers? <laughs> you, you know, goaltending is just probably one of the harder positions to develop because you can keep a guy in the in the uh, minors for a long time, and he may just never pan out. 
or you can get certain cases where guys can make the jump a little bit earlier and then they have pretty good NHL careers. Uh, when it comes to Bebo, he he had a really rocky start last season with the Marlies, and then when uh, Garrett Sparks wasn't available, he kind of picked his game up. It also helped that the Marlies scored a lot of goals last year to kind of pick up for his uh, pretty, I would say, subpar performance. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, you pronounce his name pretty good. I don't know if I can uh, double it with the Katzka School Sewell. But, I mean, they they kind of wanted to bring the whole old, bigger goaltender, guy who has size. Um, he had pretty good stats when he was in the NCAA. Uh, he played two games with the Marlies, and he had a 2.40 goals against average, which is actually... I wouldn't say terrible, considering his first two starts in a pro environment. But I, at this point, when it comes to goaltending, you're just going to take it by how they develop throughout the year. I don't see any of the Marlies guys getting time with the Leafs unless a guy gets injured. You know, I don't know what the situation will be with Anderson's injury. Maybe Enroth will have to start a little bit more to start the season. So there may be opportunity, but I, I doubt that they're going to be looked at in the immediate future. This is something like they're both younger, so I think Bebo is the same age as me, 22, so he's going to get maybe a year or two more. Maybe he gets up as a backup between him and Sparks. But I would yeah, say... this is long-term. Yeah, this is definitely a long-term project for both of them. Anderson's here for five years, um, and then beyond that, we don't know, but... At this point, it's just Anderson's the future, and these guys are viewed as the backups and potential futures after that. Jake, do you feel either of these guys can eventually become a backup? Um, I mean, just looking at them, I don't, I don't see any NHL future for the, any of these guys. I mean, obviously, we've seen what what Garrett Skarbarks can do, and it's obviously not NHL caliber. I don't see generally goalies it's really hard for them to start slow and just become infinitely better unless they're 18 years old. Yeah. They, they take like a, a longer time to develop, but sometimes you can just watch them and know, I, I think the guy they drafted this year, Joseph wall is going to be the main guy that you're looking at to kind of be the, the long-term guy down the road. I mean, obviously the thing I like is the Leafs are, are picking out big goalies, which kind of kind of is, is the way the NHL is going nowadays. Cause they're, a lot easier to kind of develop because they have the size and you know you can teach everything but size so that's that's kind of their thing i'm i'm really excited he's going to boston college cuz obviously boston college goalies have had a pretty pretty nice track record with uh, thatcher demko and and the vancouver canucks and that'd be nice if they could get a high level goalie prospect but i mean i guess bebo because you know he's he's obviously been pretty good with the marlies but you know, I I don't see him playing unless a guy gets hurt, so it's going to be hard for him. And obviously, you know, obviously Sparks wasn't great during the playoff run, and I don't recall Bebo being that much better. So I mean, they're going to either have to come back and be exceptionally better, but I I personally just don't see it. I think these are career NHLers or or guys that don't have a future in the NHL long term so that that's my thoughts on those guys well i think that's more than fair i don't think at best case scenario i think either one of these guys can maybe be a backup that's it like i think that's the best case scenario for me as well 
I know you guys earlier both suggested some players that uh, we could keep an eye on there with the list and all that. What's one guy that people might not be talking about mm-hmm. now, but they possibly could be after this tournament's over? Uh, I'll you guys go. Got a name? I'll go first. I had a kind of two names that I was looking at. The first one, because not many have been talking about him, is uh, JJ Pichinich from uh, Picnic. Picnic. Okay, I apologize if he is listening. Jeez. Easy there, J Dog. Well, okay. he's, he's from the town next to me. I will, he's a buddy of mine. I'll just picking it. I'll just say because I have a friend who has a very similar last name. That's how they pronounce it. So that's Pickenich, Yeah, Pickenich. The reason why I said him is because he obviously wasn't picked very high like the other guys, and he actually had a really nice season over in London. Obviously, he played with really good players. That kind of helps out. But I'm really interested in seeing how he plays at the tournament and how he plays without a big supporting cast in London. Because, you know, he had, if I'm looking at the stats correctly, he has 66 points in 66 games, which is pretty good in your first season in the OHL. So I think he could be a guy that that comes under the radar in the Leaf system and could develop into a nice prospect for them. Jake, who's the one guy you're looking at? Yeah, I mean, Pickenich is a pretty nice pick. He, he was a good player uh, that I had an opportunity to play against and obviously left college too and went to the London Knights. Proved to be a good decision. I like that pick, Dave, but I, I have to go with, with my guy, the, the Latvian sniper that is uh, Martins Durkles from the Rouen Noranda Huskies. I mean, just the season he had last year as, an, as a rookie in the QMJHL, I mean, it, it was incredible. I mean... Outside of the fact that Ruan Narenda was by far the best team in the QMJHL, and in my opinion, easily the second best team in the in the all of the CHL, and easily could have beaten the London Knights. Um, I mean, he had a magical year. Outside of the fact that he led, he actually led Latvia back to the the World Juniors, so we'll be able to see him in Toronto uh, here at home with the Latvians, probably being their their best player on the roster. And he had an incredible season. I mean, this is a guy that he reminds me of a, a top, like a winger, like a Nikolai Kuleman or a Mikhail Grabowski, a guy that's that's kind of a two-way guy. And he's got speed. And he can score in a pinch if you need him. But he's definitely a guy that has NHL potential. He, he kind of reminds me of like a, in the leading system would be like a Soshnikov, a guy like that that will get under your st- skin and, and lock guys down but can also you know really shoot the puck and can really skate. He's a guy I'm really interested in seeing. Obviously, he'll be back with uh, probably back with Ruan Naranda, and I think I'm I'm really looking forward to watching him with the World Juniors in to be played in Toronto. I want to be able to hopefully Canada plays against Latvia in the group stage, but he's definitely a guy I'm looking forward to watching because I think he'll be one of uh, Sheldon Keith's favorites in in by the end of the year uh, when he joins them if a playoff run doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't doesn't happen for for Ruan Naranda. Okay, one guy that I'm going to say it's not very uh, off the board at all. I mean, it's a guy that everybody knows, but I think the hype train on him will grow after this tournament if he has a strong showing. That's Tobias Lindbergh. I mean, he's got all the size. I know he played with the Leafs a bit last year for the, the six games there, but when you look at him, he has all the tools that you'd want of a kind of a power forward at the NHL level. I think with a strong showing at this tournament, the hype on him leading to the Marlies season will only grow. And that could just fans will just be more aware of him as a name that you know. I don't want to say he's going to be included in their their top prospects, 
but he'll be right there up with them, I think. And I, I think with a strong showing, he'll be a name people talk about a lot more. Yeah, he could be the next JVR for the Leafs. That's probably... Oof. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not, <laughs> in terms of what he can bring to the team, I'm not saying he's going to yeah, score yeah. the 30 goals that JVR yeah. scores, but what he brings to the team with a combination of size and skill that you just don't see as often anymore in the NHL, I think he yeah. has that. I'm not saying he's going to be a, a, a sniper, but he's he's got the tools that you can bring with, with his size. I think the Leafs are looking that he brings a little bit more of that, but Babcock certainly gave him a lot of opportunity last year in those six games that he had. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he showed it. I mean, he's a big guy who can really skate. He's obviously the the main piece that they got back from the Ottawa Senators for in the Dion Phaneuf trade. And, I mean, a guy that I would actually compare him to, and in my opinion is his exact ceiling, is, is Yannick Hansen on the Vancouver Canucks. You know, he's a big guy who can really skate and, you know, he can score goals for you. I mean, Yannick Hansen's a 20 goal scorer in the NHL. And I mean, you'll definitely take that out of a third line guy. Uh, you know, so he's, he's definitely got some skills and you're definitely in love with, with the speed he has. And it's going to be nice to watch him play at this rookie tournament and hopefully he dominates. But for me, I think he's going to be a big, big piece of what the Marlies are trying to do this season and also having that youth movement like they had last year and they're going to rely on him to be a focal point in that offense with a lot of the guys I wrote about in my article so that's going to be really fun to see overall I'm just excited with with uh, probably about 10 or 15 guys and seeing how they play against other prospects because I mean based based on uh, looking at who they're playing they should just blow out of the water who they're playing considering the prospect depth that the Leafs have. Yeah, I don't see any other organization here between Ottawa, Montreal, and Pittsburgh that owns the same prospect depth that the Leafs do. Not even close. I mean, the closest would be Ottawa, and I haven't looked at their roster, but unless they have all their first-round picks from the past two years playing, I mean, the, the Leafs should just dominate this based on talent alone. I'd agree. And for those of you that want to check it out, it's at the Budweiser Gardens in London. Uh, the Leafs will take on Ottawa at 7 o'clock on Friday. On Saturday, they'll play the Montreal Canadiens at 7 p.m. And they'll finish things up on Sunday at 4.35 p.m. against the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Pittsburgh Penguins. And again, we'll be there at the tournament, both myself and Dave. Um, stay up to date with us on Twitter and on Facebook. We're going to be posting updates on there throughout the tournament. We'll have reactions, post-game analysis, and more. So be sure to check out us on Twitter, Facebook, and, of course, the site, tipletower.com, and we'll keep you guys up to date with everything that's going on at the Rookie Tournament this upcoming weekend. Moving on to something that we talked about off the air in our group chat there, which uh, can get out of hand at times, and Jake and I are chirping each other, you know, saucing some chirps each at each other's way. But, Dave, you mentioned the Leafs have a vacancy in the captain. Mm-hmm. Who's that going to be next? I have no clue. Um, but I mean, it's been a big conversation on the radio this year, especially uh, at Leafs lunch. That's kind of where the idea kind of came up. Now the name that was floated around, um, I'm not sure if it would actually be a good name to float around. No offense to him, but Brooks like was the one that was floated around and it was floated around by ex Leafs assistant general manager, Dave Poulin who oh. believes that Brooks like can still play at a top level in the NHL oh. and be a captain, <laughs> which, which I mean, 
it's nice that he has the faith in him. Oh, but, no. But when you're looking at the captain, I mean, the reason why I brought this up is because this is the Leafs' 100th year. There's a lot of celebration, and you're moving, and you're turning over this new – turning over new Leaf, I know, bar the pun. But you're you're expecting to move forward with this new, with this new team, with this new uh, plan that you have set going forward. You need I, – I think this would be a good opportunity to get your captain – if it if you do have them like if you, they don't have them now, I don't know if they're gonna get them at any point in the future because their future is right now with what they got. You know when you look at guys like Morgan Riley, Austin Matthews, Mitch Martin, William Nylander, you could put James Van Riemsdyk in there. You could put Nazem Kadri in there. I I think those are the guys that you're expected to move forward with as your big big piece. So why not see if any of them are ready to take that next step? and be that your captain because if you're not going to do it in your 100th year you're going to be doing it eventually that's probably where that's where i got the idea from i don't know if you guys agree with that sentiment what what do dave keon daryl sittler rick vive wendell clark doug gilmore matt sundin have in common they're all really good players they're all really 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 good players potential hall of fame players yeah name one thing that brooks like has in common with them Outside of being a good guy in the locker room, absolutely nothing. Yep. This is a guy that they're clearly moving on from. He's not getting re-signed. For anyone that's like, yeah, I mean, he'll be good with the kids. Because did you see him with Kapanen and Nylander? They're watching, they're watching The Voice or whatever, and he was cooking for them. Like, yeah, it's nice, but this is this is it. You're not getting another contract with this team. They're moving on after this year. I mean, this isn't just because. This is the hundredth year. You're gonna give it to somebody because it has a meaning. I mean, you, you don't do that. I mean, good players are always captains, and I don't think they should have a captain this year. They didn't have one this past year, so I mean, I don't think they should have one this year until some guy steps up and really takes it. I obviously think that my opinion it's between Morgan Riley and, and Austin Matthews. I think those are the two guys that are in the running for captain. I think it will be Morgan Riley after the end of this year mm-hmm. because, I mean, he's just been so incredible and he's developed so much and, in my opinion, has actually been good enough to be considered a legit top-pairing defenseman when I didn't think that at the end of last year. And, I mean, that would just make too much sense for me, but I don't think he's ready yet and I wouldn't put all that pressure on him. No. I'd want to have more kind of built up around him and, obviously... You can have a bunch of. You can name a ton of assistants and maybe put a letter on on uh, on Riley this year and see how he handles it. And if he proves people wrong, you can name him captain by next offseason. But I just don't think it would be uh, a good decision by the organization to just stick a C on somebody just so they can have a captain. Well, I know that Shanahan said he's going to discuss the possibility of naming a captain for this year with Babcock and Lamarillo. So the discussion will be had. It's not like they're just gonna leave it, leave it in the out in the. They're gonna they're gonna discuss it, and it could be a real possibility. I don't. Th- it's not like I want it to happen. It'd be nice. I would be stunned. I'd be stunned. Uh, but you know, considering, I mean, if you're saying it's gonna be Morgan Riley, and if I I think it's gonna be Morgan Riley, just based, it could it could just happen if he's ready for it. If he thinks he's ready for, it. obviously. He's going to say he's going to want it if they ask him. 
Um, and I'm sure they're going to know if he can handle it or not. So I, I think just having the discussion is proper. You might as well see where they're at in that situation because it is something you're going to have to deal with eventually. You can't continue to go around without having a captain for your team. Why? I mean, I, I don't. I've never liked that idea where you just have to put a C on somebody just because. Uh, I mean, it's not a, just a formality. I mean, it's something that you you put on a person that you believe is is the face of your franchise or puts the best best thing, uh, best face, puts the best voice forward for your entire organization. I mean, Crosby was what nineteen when he got it. Taves was nineteen. I mean, maybe you miss an opportunity. In giving it to Austin Matthews, I mean, I think Connor McDavid will be given the C for Edmonton this year. I mean, if that's your guy, you wait for your captain. If he if he isn't, then you give it to Morgan Riley. But I'd obviously wait for Austin Matthews, which I believe will be the captain at some point. So I would wait for him because who knows? Maybe after this year, he proves to management that he's worthy of being a captain down the road. I'd actually agree with that with the whole Austin Matthews thing because. To me, you got to ask yourself one question with this season: What is it about for the Maple Leafs? Is it about development? Like, is it about you know celebrating a hundred years? What is this year exactly about? Because I don't think naming a captain is going to affect that in any way. So it's a mixture of both. It's a mix. Yeah, exactly. It's a mixture of both. I mean, obviously, this is a big season for the Leafs. You know, it's upsetting they didn't get the All Star Game or the draft, but they did get a Winter Classic, so that should be fun for the players but it i mean it's all about it's all about uh having no pressure on these kids and letting them just go out there and play hockey i mean there shouldn't be any expectations on them to succeed if they finish dead last which i don't think they will i, I would not be upset with that i mean getting another opportunity to pick high and get a guy like nolan patrick or timothy lilligren or maxine courtois is is obviously would be in the best interest of the team i don't think it happens unless they get some lottery luck but Again, I, I don't really see any rush to get a captain in place. I just think there's going to be a lot of pressure on that subject, not from us, but from the media, because eventually. So that... us, so us. Well, but why though? Why would there be pressure for it? That's the part I don't understand. Well, you look at okay they, when they named the of the captain. I I think that was not a great decision. I think no, that was just a Burke thing. Yeah, and he, that was he... a that was a Burke thing, but. Um, when you look at it, you're you're trying to establish what you want with this rebuild. Don't you want to face to the rebuild? I think that, that they have it. They have it. It's Austin Matthews. It is. It's Austin Matthews. Yeah. Without question, that's a turning point in the Leafs franchise. In the past twenty years, it is. Yeah, that's him. He's he's borderline their savior yeah. now. He is. Well, no, it's not borderline. He is. He should. First round, he will be. Yes. First overall picks. How many have failed? Almost none. They're almost all slam dunks. Well, Man, you got to go back to like Alexander Dig. Like we're going. He, well, he wasn't even first. Yeah, I know. That's what I was gonna say next. I don't think he was. I thought he was number two. No, I, I'm pretty sure he. I was. guess Nail Yakupov. Okay, sorry. Nail Yakupov. Sorry, yeah, Yakupov. Yeah, we missed out. He's the all most right. recent. He's the most recent yeah. one, but in the past, I'm just running through in my head. I mean, Matthews, McDavid, Aaron Ekblad, uh, McKinnon, Yakupov, Nugent Hopkins, Hall, Tavares. Stamkos, Kane, Eric Johnson, Crosby, Ovechkin, Flurry, Nash, Kovalchuk, DiPietro, Stepan, LeCavier, Joe Thornton, Chris Phillips, Brian Burrard. I mean, out of those, there's a few. Three, there's a few. There's maybe four. I'm going to say Chris Phillips, Patrick Stepan, Rick DiPietro, and Neil Yakubov. 
Yeah, Alexander Digg was the first overall pick as well. He was. Him. Yes, he was. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, man, you don't miss Austin with these guys. And anybody who's watched Austin Matthews play in this World Cup of Hockey so far, I know it's only pre-tourney and you can feed me all that crap you want, but watch him play out there and he's special. There's no denying it. He has that it factor. He, he's just he's a fantastic player. There's I mean, no... he looks he looks like a man amongst boys. I mean, he looks the part. I mean, the people always say, "Look, just look at him standing next to Ryan Nugent Hopkins. They're on the same line." I cannot. I it just does not look like he's younger, four years younger than Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I mean, the guy's got to be over almost two hundred and twenty pounds. Uh, he's a big, thick kid. Just the way he handles himself and and how hard he is on the puck. I mean, it's it's impressive. I mean, I I obviously don't want to get ahead of myself here in saying how good he's going to be, but I mean, I think this is by far going to be a top five player in the league at some point. Without question, in my opinion, I think the real question here for us to debate, if anything, is we kind of all agree that it's Matthews or Morgan Riley. Mm-hmm. Should you wait for Matthews or do you give it to Riley? I see. That's where I I would I would just give the benefit of the doubt to your franchise guy. Because this is the face of your team. Morgan Riley's a great player, but unless you're Aaron Eckblad or or Drew Doughty or Eric Carlson, you're rarely a defenseman that's the face of the franchise. It's usually to the forwards. And I mean, this is a guy that's going to be on billboards everywhere. He's going to be representing the team. He's going to be heavily marketed. I mean, this is your guy, and every the league knows it. And I think it would just be doing him an injustice to to name it to Morgan Riley, who I think would be a fantastic captain, by the way. I think he's comparable to Duncan Keith, but look at Duncan Keith. He's an assistant captain. So is Brent Seabrook. I mean, they're they're riding shotgun to Jonathan Taves, who's the the centerman and Captain Sirius and you yeah. know, the guy that, that raises all the trophies, has won everything. I mean that that's that's what I'm looking at. I if if you're completely following the Blackhawks model, which I think everybody should, then it's gonna go Taves is Matthews and you got uh, Morgan Riley is going to be in that uh, Duncan Keith role. Well, another another team I want to put put forward to is St. Louis might be expecting to put Alex Pietrangelo as the captain over a guy that like. Makes sense. Do you think it should be Tarasenko, considering he is their franchise player? I mean, it's different because he's a scoring winger. How many yeah. scoring wingers are captains? I can't think of any. Well, well, I can give you guys a comp. I think that would kind of solve this argument a bit, or at least create some clarity. Look at the LA Kings. Anze Kopitar is a quiet guy. You know, he's not very flashy by any means, which Austin Matthews is kind of like that so far. That's, at least that's you know. his player comparable. Yeah. Yeah. And then you look at Drew Doughty, who one could say, you know, if you want to reach here and say Morgan Riley is somewhat comparable, he may not have the flair that Dewey has, but you can draw some comparisons here. Kopitar's the captain there, Doughty's the A. And I think that's strictly because Kopitar's the center and he's the guy you look to for a lot of situations, whereas, you know, Doughty's the rock there, but you just look to your star center to be the captain and take on yeah, certain roles exactly. that you wouldn't ask your defenseman to. Exactly. Yeah, and that and if that's the case, then they're not naming a captain this year, and they're probably not naming it for a while. No, I mean, there's no rush, right? I mean, this team isn't... Obviously, it's, you know, you don't want to hear it, but I don't think they're going anywhere. I mean, there's they're not going to compete for the playoffs this year. They're just not talented enough, and they're way too young. Um, so there's no real rush to kind of jump into it, like I said. And by the way, the only winger who I could think of that is a captain would be Dustin Brown, who just got it taken away from him. So, um, but yeah, 
Oh, Ovechkin, yeah, yeah. That sure. was the guy I was saying. But, but that yeah. that's kind of that's kind of the okay, he's clearly our best player. Uh let's just give it to him. That's the kind of thing for him. So I mean, do you really think that Alex Ovechkin's a complete leader of that team? Yes and no. I I, I, I think it's questionable. I don't even know who I would say for the absolute leader of that team would be. I think I think of a guy like Justin Williams or, or someone like that. Well, but I, I think, think Washington just has so much invested in Ovechkin that he has to be that leader. Oh, and I have no problem with that. I mean, the guy scores 50 goals every year. I think he'll score that until until he retires. I mean, he's got an ageless, ageless ability to score goals about him because he just does it the same way every time, and you just can't stop it. I don't see what's wrong, though, in this 100th year of celebrating the Maple Leafs as a franchise and not having a captain and then letting a season go by where Austin Matthews gets his feet wet in the NHL. This will be your turn. Yeah, Yeah. and then the following year, you name him the captain. This will be your turn of the century, guy. This is your new century of history. Thank you. That's exactly what I was going to say next, is that this is is the next 100 years of Leafs hockey. It starts here with Austin Matthews as our captain. I don't see anything wrong with that. No, No, and I don't either. I, it's just a debate that's that they're gonna have. It's gonna be tough, I think. I don't think it's set in stone. I don't think they're set in stones with Matthew. I wouldn't have a problem with Matthews being the captain. I just think they're gonna have a hard debate about it. Dave wants to trade Matthews. No, <laughs> don't even start with that. <laughs> Did you not oh, see my reaction when he scored in the game? <laughs> you got pissed off at me because you were on a delay. Yeah, exactly. That's so don't don't right give there. me point me in as a Matthews hater. I'm probably the exact opposite. Bro- Brooks, for me, for me, the only thing Brooks likes should be uh, nominated for is glorified babysitter for the kids. Oh, oh. wow! Shots. Hey, uh, he is. Hey, he is uh, a health, I love Brooks. Like he is a, a health guy. freak. Have you ever seen his like uh, his posts, like him doing like handstands and stuff? Like he's he's gonna. He's not like some of the guys they brought in that are just like on the bitter end of their career. He's got, I think he still has a little bit more to give than some of the other guys we've had here. Who are coming. I don't think so. I, th- I just think the skating has passed him by. I mean, he's just not, the game is just so much faster. Yeah. He and in a fourth line role though. Could he not yeah, contribute? He can. In terms of what? What are you looking for out of him in a fourth line role? Face-offs and responsible hockey. I mean, that's easy. I mean, yeah, he can still win face-offs. I mean, that's not something that you lose over time. But, I mean, responsible hockey, I mean, can he give you eight minutes of not blowing the game? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't really have expectations for him to be anything with the team, um, except, I guess, a role model. The one thing I will give to Brooks like, which I'm a big fan of, is that he's an NHLer. I mean, the guy is is a guy that grinds every single day and plays with his heart on his sleeve, and that's what I love about him. I mean... That's one thing that you got to give credit for is the guy plays with his heart on his sleeve. Look at him in, in uh, Washington and how upset he was to be dealt from there. I mean, obviously he's excited to be here because this was his childhood team, or so he says it was. But it, it had to have been hard to see them go this far and have him be there for about eleven years and just have him get dealt away. It was it was pretty sad to see, and you, you obviously root for that guy. But I mean, as far as captain material, it's just. I think maybe you give him an A, but I I don't yeah. see anything more than that. I think I think it was it was a Toronto Sun that kind of asked him what he think if he got the C, and he didn't say he wanted it. He said it was always something he dreamed of. But um, no, I I think giving him an A would be a good idea. I I think they once gave Roman Polak an A, so if he can get an A, I'm pretty sure like 
can get an A on his jersey. Um, and then you go. Is there a rule on how many assistants you can give? You, Is it three uh, or four? Three. It's three. I think. It's yeah. Three? You have. Wait. I think if you have. I might be wrong. I'm pretty sure you can only have three assistant captains, from what I remember. As I remember, okay. I remember Lupul got it last year. Got well, not last year, but he's had it on. I know Bozak. I think is, has had the A, and I expect him to have the A on again this year. So I'm not. Yeah, up to three alternate captains. Yeah. So with no captain though, with no captain, with no captain. That's 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 the that's how it usually is. So it. it who would you pick for the three assistant captains, Dave? Uh, first one would be Bozak. I would do Riley as the second assistant. And the third one, I mean, that one, and they always alternate sometimes during the year when players get injured and when players are, sometimes they just go with the change. Um, you can go, I mean, I, I wouldn't give it to Kadri. They could give it to Kadri just because if he wants to show a bit more of a leadership role. Uh, like would be another one. Matt Martin could get it if they want to do something like that. Um, they're they're gonna give it to someone. They're gonna give it to people who are older. I think Riley will be the exception to somebody who's a bit younger, and you give them the A. So that those would be my three picks. So I would be. Let's, let me say it again: Bozak, Riley, and let's say Like, just because I think they'll they'll give it to him. Say say they do a rolling basis, and there's four. So mm-hmm. you got Like, Riley. Bozak and who's your last one? My last one. It's got to be Kadri. It's either Kadri or Hunwick. Hunwick is another guy that Babcock likes for his leadership. Okay. Okay. Chris, I want to go last. Okay. What about Matt Martin? Maybe. What do you guys think about him? The only reason why I say Matt Martin is because I don't think you can give a letter to anybody who could possibly be a trade during this season. And the reason why I say it is obviously the Leafs have a good plan of Boom. what they're going to do. And I think you can't be getting like you can't give a letter to somebody and then go, oh, by the way, you're traded at the deadline. That just doesn't set a good example. Uh, These guys are here to set an example for the whole season. They've done it before, though. I think PA Parento was an assistant last year, if I'm not wrong, and they were trying. to He didn't get traded though. He didn't get traded. Oh, but they tried. He was injured. That's why they couldn't trade. Nobody wanted him. Well, intent and action are two different things. Polak Polak had the A, and he was traded. That's yeah, cool. no, I, I'm not saying they can't do it, but I just think that with the direction they're heading in now, yeah. they're not in that, you know, year one of the rebuild. They're supposed to be taking steps forward now as long as everything we've been told, right? Yeah. So I think you got to start, you know, putting pieces in place. And letters may seem like such a minuscule thing, but in the locker room, you better believe between guys, it matters. And I think you yeah. got to get that to guys you feel are going to be there long term, not just, you know, you know, he's, he's a good babysitter, like you guys are saying. I don't think, I think they got to shed that. And I think that we're going to start to see that this year. Would you give it to right, JVR? Chris, Chris who, are, who are the four guys you would say? Oh, I don't even know if I would give it to four. I think I would just go three. I go probably... three definite, not a rolling one. Yeah, I, I mean, I could make a case for a rolling one, and that rolling guy would be Matt Martin. But I, I would go Kadri, Riley, and I think they keep Brooks Lake because I think they'll have a hard time moving that contract. And even though it's expiring, I just I think people don't want him because he's regressed so much. So I think he's here to stay for the entire season. And I think you give him the third one. Do you, I, and another player I forgot about, why not JVR over Kadri, maybe? That's, that's who I was going to say. Oh. Yeah, he'll be another I, guy, too. My three were going to be Brooks-like, James Van Riemsdyk, and Morgan Riley, and maybe roll them between uh, JVR and Kadri. I mean, I think I just think JVR's got out of the letter. I mean, the, guy, the guy's been here through everything. 
he's, he has to be the second most tenured Leaf, no, behind Bozak? Well, uh, Kadri's up there, too. Yep. Yeah. yeah, So, but they're both up there. Yep. And, I mean, he's just such a consistent player, and he's obviously, in my opinion, one of the top three players on this team going into next season. Oh, he is. Yeah, he that's is, a good yeah. point. I mean, it's him, Matthews, and Riley. There's got to be it. Yeah. But I mean, he, he's just a guy that deserves a letter. I mean, he's been here. You know, he's not a he's not a young kid anymore. He's not 22 nope. years old when we got him from Philly. He's almost I think he's about 26 now. Um, so I mean, he's a guy who I think deserves it. I, I think he just really loves playing here. I mean, I obviously there's there's got to be guys who got to get sick of of them talking about them like like Castle who obviously love playing here. But there's a reason why he could definitely feel like he's sick of it but you know jbr i think he's a guy that's been embraced within here and i think he embraced embraced the rebuild and i would obviously love to see him a part of this rebuild but so that's why i believe he should be a captain but we'll see those are my three guys i think that's more than fair jbr he has endured a lot here and i think the biggest difference between him and kessel too is his personality you know kessel kind of comes off as at times aloof, looking like like the Toronto Sun had his give a shit meter. There's there's a lot of things with him that can just rub people the wrong way. Whereas JVR is kind of even keel guy, you know, he's never too down, he's never too up. He's just he's just JVR. Mm-hmm. I think exactly. that plays well with the Toronto media and the Toronto landscape as a whole, to be honest. And he gives good. I mean, when you listen to him talk after the games, he does give you something when you want to talk with the media too. And don't forget, the rookies are not going to be talking to the media that much this year. So you're going to expecting your veteran guys to do it, and he could be one of them. Now, is would would William Lelander get exempt from that? Um, that's a good question. He's still technically a rookie because he hasn't played. I mean, he's going to be. You, you know, they're going to yeah. milk that one. Well, they will. <laughs> um, I mean, do I really well, care if I hear much from Nylander during? I think it's mostly during games too. They don't really want rookies talking, doing one on ones during the game after periods, right? Uh, intermission. So, am I pissed off that we may not see Austin Matthews talking to a reporter during the interview intermissions? Not really. Uh, they're still going to be talking. They're probably going to get on radio. They'll probably talk after games, talk at practice. So it's not a huge deal. I think during the game, they just want the young guys to focus on the game and not worry about having that extra responsibility to talk in between periods. And they got enough guys that will do it for them. So, and plus those. That's eight... why you have like you have guys like Lupo there for that man. If he's hurt, I don't give a shit. Stick that guy out there to do the intermission talks. Is like you know. Uh, a guest commentator. Make him earn his money. I don't give a uh, damn. Get him out there. Uh, he, he's going to be stuck on the island if that's the case, though. That's fine. Brought, Get him via satellite. Hey, the godfather Bob McKenzie's already referred to Robot Island on, uh, I think it was on Overdrive. So They're getting ready. They're getting the island prepped this year. They're going to have a lot of bodies if the Jerry Cowan situation doesn't get resolved. <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe that hasn't been resolved. What What is the issue with that, by the way? Okay, so when they traded for Cowan, Cowan was not 100%. Like he was healthy enough to play, but he had a nagging hip injury. So the Leafs told him, take the rest of the year off, let your hip heal. And then basically I think, I think he saw the right on the wall was that you get your hip healed and we'll buy you out. So he actually got hip surgery. And you can't buy a player out when he has hip surgery. Well, he didn't tell the Leafs who's getting the hip surgery. Uh, that's what the reports are saying. And you can't buy out a player who's injured. 
So the NHL says, told the Leafs, you can't execute the buyout. And that's now the grievance of the Leafs that are filing is they're trying to get the buyout done because they don't want his cap. I mean, they get a cap credit if they buy him out. I uh, know. And they need it, too. They Well, they're going to be fine cap-wise because they will have the LTIR. LTIR, yeah. But do you want to carry his salary? Do you want to be paying him when you could buy him out and get a cap credit of 600000 of course. I just don't want I just don't want to carry him on a roster. That too. I mean the and the issue also is if if he's not healthy during the year, you can't just wave him and buy him out during the year either. Like there's they make it it makes it even tougher. So I think the Leafs are just trying to say we didn't tell him to go get hip surgery. I don't like it was something that he did without consent from the team and that could just say then the NHL will be like, well, you didn't get permission from your club to get the surgery, so you're going to be bought out. You take it yeah, upon your own risk. I so. don't know. It, it's not a. It's it's a situation that's also also the fifty contract thing. The Leafs have got to be coming up on that. Oh, they're they're very they're very close to that. Some of the entry level contracts that they're going to be signing during the year will be slight. You know, they'll be exempt from the fifty. I mean, they're not going to be pressing to, sell, to sign some of their draft picks right away like they were in 2015. So, there, it's not it's not an easy thing. You could see what they did last year when they brought in uh, Michael Grabner, where they traded out five contracts that didn't mean much to the organization in terms of prospects that were not. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they could, I don't know if a team's going to be going to want to do that again unless we take on the cap situation, right? It, it all depends on the cap situation. If uh, the Leafs are in good cap shape, they could take a player back. Um, I think they're just going to wait for this ro- this Cowan situation, but that could be until October, they're saying, which is not exactly a good thing. When as, you're... as long as he's gone for, uh, for when Nolan Patrick or Timothy Lilligren sign, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> that won't be much of a problem, that's for sure. All right, good. Well, on that note, guys, let's wrap this up because we're talking about 2017 draft already, and we don't even know where they're picking yet. <laughs> Although Jake seems to know where they're picking. Or yeah, one or two. Like. One or it'll, two. It'll, it'll never die. It'll never go away. No. Once the draft's <laughs> over 2018. We've become hey, draft nuts with, with this whole rebuild. <laughs> exactly. Playoffs? We're talking about playoffs? We, we're, we're yeah, right exactly. I'll, hey, I'll get my Herm soon. Edwards going. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, as always, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tip of the Tower. You can also follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes where you can subscribe to the show at Tip of the Tower there. If you'd like to reach out to me on Twitter, you can reach out to me at Chris O'Kranitz. If you want to reach out to David Morissuti, you can reach him at D underscore Morissuti. If you want to reach out to Jake J-Dog Middleton, you can reach him at Jake Middleton 12. As always, guys, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you this weekend when we're at the Rookie Tournament. Take care. Sweden, William Nylander. Tonight's Mitch Barner. 